everyone. Welcome back to The Word as Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the context in which we are living today. Through Christian scripture and our various traditions, what guidance can we find and imagination can we practice as white folks about our role in resistance and showing up in practices of repentance and liberation? My name is M. You might know me as M. Barclay, but I'm returning to my given last name and so now go by Reverend M. Jade Kaiser. My pronouns are they, them, and I am the director of an organization called Enfleshed where we create and facilitate spiritual nourishment for collective liberation. I am Southern grown, but living in the Midwest, in the place currently known as Iowa City, Iowa, but first home to the Iowa, Oto, Omaha, Pawnee, Sioux, Sauk, and Meskwaki peoples. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith and is particularly designed for white Christians. White Christians talking to other white Christians about race and white supremacy. We believe white Christians have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, especially through the Christian tradition. Any of us white folks who have grown up with a relationship to Christianity, whether conservative, liberal, evangelical, or progressive, have inherited Christian-specific facets of white supremacy that we have the power and responsibility to unlearn and imagine anew, including our conception of the divine. We do this work remembering we are building up a new world. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's Song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December 2014, led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freening Harding family for letting us use this song for the podcast. To ground us today, I want to offer these brief but rich words by Aurora Levins Morales. Love is subversive, undermining the propaganda of narrow self-interest. Love emphasizes connection, responsibility, and the joy we take in each other. Therefore, love is a danger to the status quo, and we have been taught to find it embarrassing. So today I've brought a very special guest with me, the Reverend Anna Bladel, who happens to be my beloved, but is also an incredible thinker, writer, and practitioner of spirituality grounded in liberation values, poetic unfoldings, and relational commitments. Anna, who uses they-them pronouns, is also my partner at Enfleshed. They serve as the co-founder and theologian in residence, and it is a joy to co-create with them. Anna, thank you for joining us on The Word is Resistance today. Is there anything else you'd like people to know about you? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be invited by you into this conversation and to participate in this podcast um, and this series. And I guess I would uh, 
like people to know that I am a white non-binary queer person. Mm -hmm. I am wearing as little clothing as is possible <laughs> in this hot summer uh, day here in Iowa City. I'm sitting in the room uh, that my grandmother was born mm -hmm. in over a hundred years ago, and I feel uh, that deep rootedness, mm. that rootedness matters mm. to me, both mm -hmm. with uh, the land here, the stories here, that sense of uh, depth connection. And um, I'm barefoot. And part of that is uh, feeling connected to those places that I'm in. Um, and today I have three red tomatoes that are uh, ripe on the vine and ready to be eaten. And uh, that's one of the most beautiful things I've seen today because mm. uh, gardening is one of the things that uh, restores mm. my soul and my life. I also probably have some sawdust in my hair because <laughs> I snuck down to the workshop uh, for a few minutes before mm. this conversation. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes, that is that is a very solid glimpse of Anna Bladel. I love it. Um, so as we move into our text for this episode, uh, we are applying the lens of disability justice, which we are weaving through all our reflections this liturgical season. And I asked Anna to come on today's episode because of the rich and real conversations and questions around disability that we wrestle with together on a, on a regular basis. Um, we've both been adjusting to our own and each other's new forms of chronic illness and disability that have developed in just the last few years in both of our lives, um, individually and together our experiences are such a tiny and particular subset of perspectives on disability, but I have so valued the way that Anna engages this framework of disability justice and their lived experience of their own body, uh, but also in relationship to others and the collective, and especially how they do so with whiteness and white supremacy in mind, among other supremacies. Anna is exceptionally able to sit with the hard stuff, um, make meaning that is authentic and not forced, uh, and keep individual experiences tethered to the collective and systemic realities without losing their intimacies or particularities. I always learn something from them, and I expect today will be no different. Aw, same. He... <laughs> So with that said, Anna, will you read for us our text, which is Luke 12, 13 through 21? You bet. So I invite you to hear these words and listen to them to hear if there's a kernel of good news in this mm. text. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. 
and he thought to himself, what should I do, for I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Mm, thank you. You know, I came into this with a few different things that I thought like, oh, I would like, I want to kick off with this, this or that. But in hearing you read the text, I just noticed something new for the first time that catches my attention, which is um, the line where the person says, I will say to my soul. And then in the story, it's comma, capital S, soul, you have ample goods. And I never noticed how this person is referring to themselves as capital S soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how that's actually going to tie into anything or if it does, but uh, it really caught me in this reading. And it sounds like it caught your attention too. It did. Um, it caught my attention for the first time in this text. <laughs> and so I'm curious about what it was yeah. that did that for both of us. And one of the things that caught my attention about it is the the relax, the eat, drink, be mm. merry. And um, one of the things that I noticed about that particular use of the word soul mm. and then uh, the person addressing both themselves mm. as soul uh-huh. um, and addressing their soul are the ways that the goods that he is naming uh-huh. are necessities mm. and all right. We've got rest. Yeah. We've got food. We've got drink and yes. we've got joy mm. and the ways that there mm. is often um, an insistence that food and drink mm. might be necessities. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the rest and the joy mm. are connected to what is necessary. Yeah. And the food and the drink are connected to soul, mm-hmm. not just body. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it's kind of the inverse of what was coming to mind to me, which is just that this person refers to themselves as soul, but then names these extremely physical experiences mm-hmm. of eating and drinking and mm-hmm. and um, uh, re- resting and relaxing. And I like, I like the, I am choosing the invitation of, uh, perceiving that as a, uh, unwillingness to differentiate body from, <laughs> from spirit in claiming that as a, like, look at the text here, bringing, refusing to bifurcate the experience of soul and pleasure and body and eating and um and one of the words I've learned from you in your own um study of disability justice uh and other other theological philosophical realities is the word body mind Mm -hmm. as um and when I say that for you listening there's no space between body and mind it's can you say a little bit about that term and 
your knowledge of where it came from and what it means? Absolutely. Um, One of the people I think of in relation to this is Sammy Shock. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I know that that's not the first person who used body mind, mm. but coming from a disability justice and uh, black feminism and speculative and visionary fiction mm. uh, integration, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the people who has done incredible work in writing around body minds. Mm. Um, and but I, I I know it to be rooted in disability justice movements. Mm. Um, with the recognition both of uh, disability being experienced and claimed in physical ways, Mm. in cognitive ways, Mm -hmm. the ways that not only um, is the wisdom of our body disassociated from the wisdom of our minds, but the more, right, so there there are so many ancient traditions Mm. that have taught us that. uh, and I think Western science is catching up to yeah. those more indigenous and ancient traditions of wisdom yeah. in recognizing that, like, our gut yeah. is a source of wisdom. Yes, yes. Um, our brains, yeah. our vagus nerves, like, yeah. every bit of it is interconnected yeah. um, and interdependent. Mm. Um, and so we don't experience the world as a body. We don't yeah. experience the yeah. world as a mind. Yeah. And so I like the body-mind, but I also... I think of body-mind-spirit, body-mind-soul. Yeah, right. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but Robin Wall Kimmer has a line where she adds, I think, like, imagination Mm. in there in beautiful ways. Like, there's just trying to think about how we actually describe who the I am that is experiencing the world um, and and how important it is... uh, to, to find some of the right language and how language is always failing us yeah. in doing that. Yeah. It makes me wonder, and it's, it's okay if you can't, like, access this off the top of your head, but I wonder, like, what what is one way that, like, you notice that internalized idea that our minds and our bodies are separate, like... Are you noticing that playing out in your own life and body in any way? Yeah. Yes. Um, I really appreciate that question. Um, and it ties back to one of the things I noticed in the text. Mm. Um, as much as I have thought about, written about, sat with the ways that I am my physical, spiritual reality, cellularly, um, there is no connection or no disconnection, Mm. sorry, between Mm -hmm. me, my body, my mind, my heart, my set of experiences. Mm. Um, I still, as I have moved into experiencing, uh, different forms of chronic illness, of pain, of changes in my body Mm. and my brain, which is different than mind, but part of what we're pointing to, um, I, I still slip into thinking of my body as a kind of possession. Mm. Um, so I, I caught that 
language of possession. Yes. Um, it's one of the ways that I experience my own internalized mm. ableism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's wedded to every other bit yes. of supremacy when you're thinking about yes. bodies being possessed yes. um, owned controlled yes um and i still want mm. i i have i have been invested in yeah. ideas of what I can do. Yes. Um, what I can get my body to do. Yes. And some of that has felt thrilling as I learn new muscles yeah. or practice new things and build body memory. Yeah. Um, and I still often will slip into thinking yeah. that there is some me that is then yes. needing my body to do a thing and can right. I get it to do this <laughs> Right, thing? yes. Um, yes. And sometimes I often feel more like, again, whatever the I is that yeah. I'm trying to name, like that I possess my body and I also feel possessed by mm. my mind. Yes. Um, and some of that mm. is my own particular neurodivergence yep. and right. stuff yep. happening yep. in my brain, in my mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but I don't think it's only me and only those particular That's right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making me think about, I feel like I've heard you use this phrase and I certainly can relate to the sense of like feeling like my body has betrayed me yeah. um, uh, on Oof. days that it won't meet the expectations that I have placed upon yeah. it and even like I'm I'm using the language that I don't even need right, right? even right. as I'm speaking to this it yeah. referring to myself as it yeah. as if my body is separate from my experience of yeah. me um and this idea of betrayal in yes. particular is just so like stepping back to reflect on it makes Oof. me like oh my heart like yeah. I'm I'm calling my 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 like yeah I don't know how to talk about the body Uh separately but my body's effort to protect and survive um with the with uh, with what it has available to Mm. it um uh, a betrayal Mm -hmm. um yeah they're just Mm -hmm. anyway that just came to mind but how does this connect to you said that this connected to the text and I'm Oh, yeah, just in terms of thinking about uh, possessions and how we think about... um, Oh, I didn't piece that. Yeah, that piece of, like, ownership. I'm looking... One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, and you're you're thinking about possession in a very different way, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, The body as a possession. Hmm. Well, capitalism does that. I mean, among all the other systems that you named, but Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, what does what does a disability justice yeah. frame of healing that relationship? Yes. Which also the the relational part. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like we've done such good like thinking about the individual piece of this, but thinking about collectively. Yeah. What yeah. does what What are you Finding in the text. Uh, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. The, I noticed my own fear rises. Mm. That 
frantic grasping, mm. uh, I become more susceptible to it. And mm. so that, like, so I don't know if that offers sure. anything, yeah. but that way that, like, if, as we recognize that systems are not going to take care of us in the yeah. ways, like, mm. it can become that individualistic, like, well, then I'm going to try to yeah. grab mine. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, I really see that here. Uh, so in the ways that, like, if I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to keep working. Right. Or I'm scared of losing health insurance, like. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, like, I think lean into that. I really hear the way that that um, is so contrary to the framework of disability justice that, like, asserts the only way that we actually can survive and survive well together and thrive well together is by being together mm -hmm. um, and by being willing to take care of each other um, in a way that is so is so resistant to what promises safety, security, yes. and access from a dominant perspective, which is money, which yes. is individualism. Right. Um, ample goods and possessions. Ample, yeah, and people relationships are at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, and disability justice would would say just the opposite. I think. I mean, not to downplay the significance of living under capitalism and the need for for money, um, especially like as people with disabilities. Right. Like, not to downplay the significance of that, but but to prioritize the the significance of the ways we can take care of each other and meet needs when we choose community. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And the, the choosing community is not actually said in the text, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like we're kind of left to hear that in the language of being rich toward God. Mm -hmm. That is put as the sort of counter approach, right? And so it leaves me wondering, like, what do you think that phrase means to yeah. be rich toward God? I hear in the rich toward God uh, a generosity toward what I understand to be God, which is the interconnected aliveness, mm. uh, the life force that is uh, pulsing through yeah. each and every one of us together interdependently yeah. through the earth, through creatures, yes. um, right? That, that interconnected uh, tapestry that we are mm. and uh, that kind of generosity towards all of life yeah. and of course we're gonna start with generosity towards the life forms closest to right, us right, or that right. we come in proximity to or connection yeah. with um, but that stance that practice mm. um, of generosity always pushes back against the I'm going to try to get for me and mine yes um which is the kind of fear-based grabbing yeah um the various ways that entitlement works mm -hmm. in connection with supremacy yeah and I'm thinking especially about white supremacy and the ways that whiteness works mm. um 
that have instilled in me a sense of uh, having the right to have what I need, mm. what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that instill a disregard for the consequences mm. or the impact of that. Mm. And that for me is that take care, be yeah. on your guard. Mm. Um, I can talk a lot about interdependence yes. and critique of capitalism uh, and disability justice yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and dismantling white supremacy yeah. and, and, and. Yes. Take care. Take care. Be on guard. Yes. It's insidious. Yes. It is instilled mm. so deeply mm-hmm. that internalization mm. of those stories yes. and values that do not serve any of us. Yes. And that are going to destroy all of us that yeah. are destroying yeah. all of us. Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. Take care. I feel, I feel like it's, there's a real invitation there to like, don't let this story just be about rich people. Mm, um, yes. Because we all have access to resources and sometimes yes. those resources are social spaces um, sometimes those resources are spiritual belonging, places of spiritual belonging. I mean, there's so many questions of access and resources um, from a disability justice perspective that, um, gosh, you just kind of blew open, right? The, the I feel like there's, we all are, uh, yeah, we all have access to some kind of resource of rest. Um, mm, yes. Um, I mean, just so many. There are so many. I like can't think of any, but like the everything is a resource that comes from having to adapt every yeah. single day yeah. to structures that are not geared towards your life and your needs. Yeah, and that creativity, uh, the breath work that I am learning from people yes. who have lived with chronic pain. Yeah, um, who are there to through a generosity. Yes, through a richness uh, toward God. That's right. <laughs> um, who are then sharing the wisdom yeah. that has been hard cultivated. Yes. Um, yes. Take care. I think that's a really good place. Um, I think that's a good place for us to end. Um, I'm feeling gratitude for the reminder to take care in the particular way that you've just framed um and yeah against all kinds of uh greed uh but i'm hearing that as um entitlement to resources of of many and various kinds Mm uh uh and then keeping them to oneself when they were made to be shared um so thank you for that anna and for sharing your experience and your wisdom um and your time all resources that you today have been rich towards God with. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's been a delight to be in conversation with us. And like, indeed, 
uh, our lives are being demanded of us. Mm. Our collective life is demanding a lot from us, Mm -hmm. requires a lot from us, and also there is rest. Yeah. There is eating and drinking. There is nourishment. Mm. There is joy in that togetherness. So I didn't ask Anna to prepare for this in advance, but I am going to just let you know that every week as we do this, uh, we do extend a call to action um, to white people uh, who are uh, investing and showing up to the world in in the spirit of collective liberation. And I wonder if you just think for a moment about um, your own experience as a white person Uh, deeply committed to showing up to collective liberation, uh, what might you invite people to do uh, when thinking about disability justice? Is there a a new practice they might take on, we might take on, I might take on? (laughs) What do I need to do, Anna? (laughs) Um, Is there is there a, a a call here about a particular resource um, and how we might share it with each other? Um, how we might understand our body minds differently? Does anything come to mind? There is so much that is so good in that question that I just kind of want to linger in it. Mm. Um, which maybe connects with my invitation Mm. or call to action, um, which is to slow down. Mm. Yeah. The pace of our lives currently does not support our collective life. Mm -hmm. I know the thrill of moving fast Mm. and I feel the incredible urgency of so much that is before us Uh, the urgency of life and death um, moment to moment and I think especially uh For those of us who are white, the speed at which we move can wreak havoc, Mm. can come with Mm -hmm. a sense of control, a kind of white savior, a kind of imposing... Sometimes it's it's coming with new information yeah. that is importantly cultivated yeah. and urgently there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those practices of showing up yeah. to the urgency yep, yep. that is critical. Yep. So I'm 
I recognize the danger in the invitation to slow down. Yeah, especially to white people. Absolutely. Uh, we, we can we can we can take a little too much time on the wrong things and Absolutely. not enough time time on the other things. Yeah. So this is one of those yep. like also do that assessment yes. and that pause that you're taking. Yeah. Um, of how to make sure that like if you're saying you need to rest, yes, there is that rest yeah. and yeah. that can so easily um, be a, it can justify our inaction. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's not what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The, I think of um, uh, Adrienne Marie Brown's Moving at the Speed of Trust. Mm, um, yeah. And bioacomalafes, uh, the times are urgent. Let, Let us, us slow, slow down. down. Yes, yes. Thank you. That is such a good call to action. And I would just add for those of you who need a little more structure, um, maybe to think about what it means to slow down in a particular sphere. So maybe that being... Uh, your place of work, what it, who's defining the pace there? Mm. So places of work, um, places of relationship, uh, cultures on social media, and the culture of social media. Mm. Um, just a few that you might think about. Um, so thank you, Anna. That's really, really great. Thank you, Anna. I'd also like to invite you to consider making a donation to Surge. We split every donation with a movement partner doing amazing work, like that of Soul Force who works to end the religious and political oppression of LGBTQI people by decloaking the ideologies of Christian supremacy and healing our community spirits from weaponized religion. You can donate online at https colon forward slash forward slash b-i-t dot l-y forward slash s-u-r-j-s-f. That's bit.ly slash surge sf. Or find our podcast page at surge.org. We'll share the link on social media too. Thanks for helping support this podcast and organizing white people to show up for racial justice in the new world we're building together. Thanks as always for joining us. We'd love to hear from y'all and especially folks of color and non-Christian folks by commenting on our SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook pages or filling out the survey on our podcast page at surge.org. Give us a like or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you check out our podcast. You can find out more about Surge at surge.org where you can sign up for Surge Faith Updates and find transcripts for every episode, which include references, resources, and action links. Next week, we'll have a resistance word from Kelsey Beebe. And finally, so much gratitude for the work of our sound editor for this episode, Claire Hitchens. As always, we appreciate you so much. Dear ones, hear once more the words of Bio Akamolafe, blessing, benediction, and invitation. The times are urgent. Let us slow down. I'm M. Jade Kaiser, and thank you for hanging with me and Anna today. Take care, take care, take care.
Shit.